Hey there, Joe. How are you doing today? I'm good, thanks, Richard. And what about you? Yeah, great. Uh, just got the car dropped off for a mechanic thing, so I'll either get a happy call about some cheap fix or it'll be a big, uh, <laughs> big scary phone call. But uh, I've put that out of my mind for now. <laughs> good decision, good decision. Well, I have to tell you, Richard, I have been achieving things this week that have been very exciting. Oh, I'm so, so pleased. I'm visiting my mum mm-hmm. and um, she needed a bunch of things done around the house. Mm-hmm. And so I have discovered how to use a stud finder, which oh, you yep. move against the wall and it goes beep, 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 sort of to find the stud. Yeah, you're practically an ultrasonographer now, I think. You're- yeah, I can I can detect things. It also went crazy whenever I was near an AC line, which seems to be like electricity, which seems to be all the time. Yeah. So I never really want to put any hooks in the wall because I'm going to get electrocuted. <laughs> but I've also moved to the next level. Yeah. Mum's front door, she's got this newer house and she's got this front door that's got a lot of glass and it means that you look basically straight in to the neighbours across the road's house. Yeah. And so I put window frosting onto the glass. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't yeah. even know you could do that. Is that it like? Turns out it's actually quite simple. <laughs> a strip of plastic? It's like a contact? Yeah. Yeah. It's, but it, it's not, it's held on by, you You, you um, spray salt and water onto the, um, soap and water onto the window yeah and then you put this staticky film thing on you squeegee the water out and it's held on oh wow yeah anyway it's it's it looks really clever it's incredibly simple and i don't know how long it'll last but my next project is to conquer the drill i have used drills before yeah Uh, you know my father was a handy guy he used to teach me how to do things but we've got to put a cabinet on the wall oh wow that's you know the pièce de résistance of my <laughs> handyman skills, and I've been looking at it all week and watching YouTube videos. That's how I do it. I watch YouTube yeah, videos, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to tackle the drill tomorrow. That is the what's the wall? It's a it's a gyp rock over, um, yeah, timber oh, know, timber frame. <laughs> it's got studs and it's got plaster, yeah, yeah. and that's, that's what it. I know about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So finding that studs that's 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 got to happen. Yeah, I went in and had a detailed discussion with the guy at Mitre Ten. Yeah. And so I now feel equipped with all the tools oh, to do the job. That would be very satisfying. Yes, I have <laughs> managed, I'm not very handy, but I did manage to hang something, a cabinet on the wall, and it's sort of one of the highlights of my handyman career. So, <laughs> Well done. Uh, you will do I great. To, I hope to reach that as well. It, it does feel a bit ridiculous how, how much I have to kind of agonise over how to do it first oh, because I just really have no idea, but yeah. it's been good. You and me are the same here, Joe. Um, this weekend <laughs> I've got to clean the rollers on a sliding uh, balcony door and uh, ah. yeah, I've been doing the same videos, trying to find where the little screws are, well, how is this going to work, planning for it, talking it through with Jen, setting aside time on Saturday. So, yep. you know, we're going to get this door off its rollers, clean it, get it back on, and it'll be amazing. <laughs> Your life will be improved. Or so else much there'll be emergency that. calls to the various trades hand, tradesmen, handy people around church. <laughs> that sounds good. What about you, Richard? What have you been up to? Uh, I have been uh, getting a real YouTube addiction, and this is on a YouTube chess channel. I know that sounds a bit strange, but uh, there's a very addictive YouTube chess channel. Uh, it's called by a guy called, well, he's a uh, YouTube name is Agad Mator, and his name is Antonio Radic. He's a Croatian chess player, um, and he's just created this fantastic chess video channel. So what he'll do is uh, 
there on the screen will be the board and you'll see his face there and uh, on the side and uh, he'll give the name. This is a, a game from history, something famous from history, like could be the pawn storm of the century or the um, the Bobby Fisher beats Grandmaster in 10 moves or the greatest queen sacrifice in history. So he gives it a great title. He'll tell you about the background of the game, like some of the political tensions going on on the strategies and they'll walk you through the game uh, in a really funny way. Like he'll well, he'll say different great little quotes here and there, like this was a serious blunder, or this player, <laughs> McAltel, always plays for the crowd and he loved the roar of the crowd and he chose this move. And uh, here we have this is absolute madness. I can't even bear to look at this board. Um, <laughs> he brings drama into chess. <laughs> yeah, all with this um, beautiful Croatian accent. Um, his catchphrase, he starts every video with the words, hello, everyone, and uh, launches into this chess game. And so um, I'm just watching these games. I haven't played a lot. If I get into playing internet chess, it could be suck a lot of time. So I'm just a spectator. <laughs> but, um, yeah, loving uh, this chess video. I'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, it's, it's good fun. That does sound entertaining. <laughs> Do you think you have to be a chess player to understand it? Or can someone who's a regular punter who might just know that, you know, the pawns are your front row yeah, yeah. <laughs> be able to watch this game and enjoy it, this video and enjoy it? Maybe. He does assume a little bit of knowledge. Like you'll say, here we have the uh, Sicilian opening with the Nimitz variation or something like that. But it's, it's – he's <laughs> just you've lost me. <laughs> it's just a throwaway. You don't really need to know that sort of thing. Mm. Uh, and now and again he'll pause the video and say, the next move here was one of the most amazing in chess and forces checkmate in four moves. I'll let you pause the video, video see if you can find it. Uh, so little things like that. Wow. That sounds fun. So is this guy a grandmaster himself? Oh, he's rated about 2,000, which I don't really understand the ratings, but I, he's not really a grandmaster. He's more of a, um, a very enthusiastic amateur, I think, yeah, who, who, who does well but is not – yeah, at that top world level kind of thing. Right. Okay. Hmm. Fascinating. And what have you been reading in the Bible lately, Richard? Well, I've been working very hard at the moment on Psalm 91 in uh, yeah, preparation for some talks in a, in a month or so. And uh, Psalm 91 is interesting in our current COVID uh, situation because on a number of verses uh, talk about pestilence or plague. And so mm. Psalm 91 verse 3, for example, says, Surely he, that is God, will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. Mm. And a bit further on, uh, verse 5 and 6, he says, You will not fear the terror at night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. And so... Uh, and. Yeah, one more point on this. This is the psalm that uh, the devil quotes to Jesus in uh, the uh, temptation in the wilderness when he says, um, wow. uh, the, you will not strike your foot against a stone. And so I thought, um, yeah, here in the COVID environment, here's a psalm that mentions two or three times plague and pestilence. So I thought, well, I'd really like to wrestle with this psalm and think about what it's saying. Um, and so, yeah, that's what I'm reading. Interesting. Do you think there's, as you read it, I you know that classic challenge of moving to the New Testament, moving mm. to understanding mm. the psalm in light of Jesus. Is there yeah. anything that you've been reflecting on with that? Oh, I, I feel like it's still early days. Um, okay. The theme is big theme is refuge, and I think uh, plague and pestilence are one of those dangers. 
And I expect to be looking in at how uh, Christ is our refuge or uh, at one level or how Jesus took refuge in God and trusted him. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think that's the journey I'll be going on. Um, and uh, But, yeah, application-wise, at the end, it'll be interesting to think, uh, is there some sort of promise of protection from plague, pestilence, coronavirus? Uh, mm. Or, yeah, do we need to read, uh, let biblical theology speak into that? Um, mm. But, uh, yeah, and how, how, how does it help us think about, yeah, something silent, hidden, uh, invisible like this uh, coronavirus? Mm. It's so, an interesting, I'm uh, just skimming my, my eyes down the passage. Mm. I'm particularly struck by the final verse, with long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Mm. Uh, I'm really curious to see how, when you preach it, how that, that, that verse is realised. Would we say we're, we're thinking eternal life? And satisfaction in God in eternity. Yeah. Um, therefore, the hope is realised beyond this existence because we still face struggle. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's where the, the salvation is found. Hmm, interesting yeah. verse. <laughs> this will be great. So hopefully mm. uh, things move along. I'll get some answers. Look forward to teaching it. But, uh, mm. yeah, that's what I'm doing at the moment. Oh, great. And, Joe, uh, what are you reading, thinking about, uh, yeah, at the moment? Well, I've put, I picked up a book that has been recommended to me. It's called Enjoying God, um, and the little subheading is Experience the Power and Love of God in Everyday Life. Mm-hmm. And that's a big call. Yep. It's written by Tim Chester. Yep. He's a British guy, and it's published by the Good Book Company. Yep. And um, I've read other books of Tim Chester's and often found things to enjoy from from his writing. Yeah. And the, the idea of this book is um, to try and help us to think more about what it looks like to enjoy God. And he starts with this big focus on God as triune and the three persons of the Trinity. Yeah. I'm up to chapter two, just finished chapter two, and I'm taking it slowly because they've got an activity for the week and then reflection questions. So you're oh, meant right. to not rush through the book, which I am finding difficult because I... <laughs> I kind of have a time frame. I thought I was going to read the book and now it's I'm reflecting <laughs> and doing yeah. that. That but, would take um, discipline. I'd be the same, Joe. I just would yeah. want to rip through it. Um, but, no, I'd want to, yeah. Thank you. I'm up to Chapter 2 and I've read it, but I think I'm finding attention in the book. Um, mm-hmm. So the second chapter is about joy and it starts with this question of do you like God? Mm. Do you do you we know we're supposed to love him, but liking God mm. is, you know, that that was just a direct quote from the, the book. Yeah, and then it moves to how joy in God um, shapes our lives, and um, that there's such a theme of joy in Philippians. He comes to Philippians a few times, mm. and he's he moves to Paul's other arguments in um, through in two Corinthians, and then he says some key points. So. The benefits of enjoying a relationship with God are one, overcoming temptation, two, enduring suffering, three, energizing our service, four, vibrant witness, and five, em- empowered sacrifice. Mm. And they're they're big claims, mm. and I can see where he's arguing what he's arguing. And the thing I love is then he moves to saying, well, actually, we enjoy God not for our sake, but for God's sake, because He is He He is the source of joy. Mm. And so I really loved the chapter and I read it 
But then afterwards, and even as I was thinking about how to explain this, what I've learned from this chapter, Mm. I can see joy in looking at what God has done through God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, Mm. and that giving us joy because God is a source of joy. And when we spend more time looking at him, we feel joyful. Yeah. But I'm yearning for a definition of joy. Yeah. And that's what I haven't yet gotten from the book. All right. And Mm. maybe maybe what he's saying is the definition of joy is to see God's character and dwell on it and talk to him about his character because that's essentially what the chapter is about. You move from Mm. do you like God to these are the fruits of enjoying God, um, explained in Philippians. Here's some dot points. Now actually true joy is found in in God, the source of joy, and so spend time looking at him and talking to him about that. Is that joy? Is that what he's saying joy is? Anyway, this is the big question I have from the book. Yeah, and that's a good I'm question. To, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to working out what he says about it. So, mm. Have you had a um, sort of working definition of joy before going into this? Well, I'd, I think I'd always known that joy is not simply happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, that was always something some, somewhere along the line, someone had made that particularly clear to me. And so yeah. when I use the, the word joy in my mind and when I say it, I'm thinking a sense of knowing God and his purposes in my life and knowing, you know, that it's well with my soul, contentment picture in, from Paul yeah. and um, Philippians. I think of Philippians a lot and I think perhaps I need to just go back and read that, yeah, chapter, yeah. that book again. But what do you think? Yeah, I, I think um, joy, uh, my sort of working definition understanding has been um a contentment and delight and uh well yeah and in god despite Mm. uh regardless of circumstances Mm. but yes still an element of cheerfulness and happiness like uh, yeah yeah as long as i know yeah we qualified by that it's regardless of circumstances and it, and it can in, in, in involve uh, sadness and mourning and grief and pain and things. But um, there, there is, I think, still in Christian joy, that element of, of cheerfulness. Yes. Which I and, try to aspire yeah, to. <laughs> I, absolutely. And, and that leads me to think of peace because peace and joy are different words with different meaning because I think mm. I'd always lumped peace and joy together. Mm. That peace is that, that, absence of inner war inner turmoil yeah joy is different from that so moving towards contentment but contentment is a different word from joy anyway it's a very interesting question yeah i I appreciate what you've said because i think what you've added to what i was thinking is that you do still have a what did you use cheerfulness yeah an element of cheerfulness and i say this as someone who's often not very cheerful so but um (laughs) uh Yes, you can't take away from the as much as we qualify the yeah Christian meaning of joy. It, it, I think it must keep an element of happiness or cheerfulness or mm. um, delight or yeah that that emotional kind of uh, zone expression. But um, yeah. yeah, I'm happy to learn from you after you've got some uh, answers on this one, Joe. Well, hopefully, I sustain interest in this book because the whole week by week reading thing is taking some discipline already. <laughs> Well, you know, I don't think anyone's checking. Tim Chester's not checking up on you, Joe. I That's give you right. permission to break the rules. But um, 
Thank you. That depends on your style. So, uh, yeah, no, that's great to hear about. Um, I look forward to hearing how, uh, yeah, more things you learn from that book. Yeah, thanks, brother. Well, good to chat. Yeah. You keep going. Yeah, enjoy the rest of your week and I look forward to next time we catch up. Sounds good. See ya.